0: What's going on Packer people? Welcome back to another episode of the Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. We've got a ton to go over from yesterday's practice. Of course, I did my quick hits episode so you can check that out as well, but this will be a little bit more all encompassing. We had news notes, transactions, everything, so let's jump into it right away. First of all, new at practice, we did see Elijah Hamilton. He wore number 19. He is going to be playing corner. I know there were some thoughts of maybe, you know, he would be with the safety group, but he was in fact with the cornerback. So, that was their newest addition on Tuesday. Of course, they had to make a roster move in order to, you know, basically have room for Hamilton. They were at full capacity up until that point and the corresponding move ended up being the release of Jake Hansen with an injury designation. Full expectation is that he will not get claimed and that he will ultimately go on IR and then ultimately uh, be released with a injury settlement, which will cost the Packers against their salary cap this season. We don't need to get into all of that. It's an unfortunate literal break for Jake Hansen. I had the shin injury. If you watch it, it's interesting. If you watch the the replay in the all 22, the guy comes across and kind of gets blocked and he kind of gets whipped right against, uh, you know, his shin. And it, it didn't look like it looked like it hurt a lot. No question at all. But I certainly didn't expect it to be anything, you know, massively serious. But unfortunately, that's just kind of the way that it's gone for Jake Hansen. Remember, just a year ago, Hansen was the starter at right guard in week one. Things didn't exactly go according to plan, ended up more in a backup role. I don't think and this is not to add injury to or insult to injury for Jake Hansen. I don't think he was going to make the 53. I don't know that he was actually even going to make the practice squad. So I don't think that this changes much. I did see people, you know, having some conjecture of like, "Oh man, like they don't have any centers now. What are they going to do?" they have plenty of centers, right? Josh Myers is currently the starting center. Zach Tom is going to be your number one, a backup center. Elton Jenkins is a very good center. That's where he played at college as well. You can move him there anytime that you want. They've cross-trained John Runyon Jr. at center. They've cross-trained Sean Ryan at center. So They may not have anyone that's likely to make the 53 with a C next to their name on the roster. They have plenty of depth at center overall. It's just going to, you know, sort of rob Peter to pay Paul and steal from some other positions in order to make it happen. That's not the end of the world, especially with the tackle depth that they potentially have with David Bakhtiari and Zach Tom. And Yash Naiman, Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones—they can move Zach Tom off of one of those positions and move him inside if things get to that point. So I don't know that this changes the calculus all that much with Jake Hansen no longer being on the roster. But I certainly wish him best of luck. Yeah, it's former six-round pick. You wanted to see him succeed. It just ultimately didn't happen in Green Bay. I do expect this to ultimately be the end of the Jake Hansen era in Green Bay. I don't think he's going to be back in any capacity with this team in the future. All right, meanwhile, you did have three players that did return from injury. That included corner Corey Ballantyne, who had a stinger from the preseason game a couple weeks ago. Innis Gaines also returned, and then Caleb Jones as well. And you talk about three players who Really needed to get back all three of these players very much on the roster bubble, right? Maybe some more than less. But Corey Ballantine, listen, that if right now with Eric Stokes out, you've got four corners that are going to make the team in Jair, in Rasul, Keyshawn Nixon, and then uh Carrington Valentine. After that, that fifth corner spot totally up for grabs, completely up for grabs. And special teams could be a huge part of that. You know, who's really good at special teams, Corey Ballantyne. So he needed to get back though, to get his name back in that conversation. We'll see what he can do this week, both on defense and in special teams. In his same thing, right? We just talked about the depth at corner. Well, John Charles has not exactly gone according to plan since he's been drafted in Green Bay. That backup slot position, you know, following Keyshawn Nixon, that is totally up for grabs. Guess who was in the number twos in the slot? It was Ennis Gaines. So he's right back in there and in that conversation as well. And then Caleb Jones, this is probably the, I would argue maybe the most talented of these three players. But when you, we just talked about the depth at offensive tackle, right? You've got Bakhtiari, you've got Nyman, you've got Rasheed Walker, you've got Zach Tom, Are you going to keep a fifth offensive tackle? I think they will. I think Caleb Jones is going to make the team, but he's, I I wouldn't put a lead pipe block on it by any means. So you want to see him get back and earn that spot as well. So three players who desperately needed to get back and get their name back in the conversation to making it a 53-man roster all back. Meanwhile, David Bakhtiari once again was resting. Uh, he did not practice either in individual drills or with the team. We'll see how that progresses through the course of this week. Your other did-not-practice players included Dontavian Wicks, which was an injury from Saturday night, as was Tarverius Moore. Henry Pearson, all three of those players, along with Jake Hansen, were injured in Saturday night's game. Pearson, Moore, and Wicks not practicing. Again, Jake Hansen ultimately released. Jason Luan was a new one that we didn't know about from Saturday's game and was not practicing initially. I assumed that that was going to be the release to make, you know, way for the new corner, but he's actually injured with a back injury. So he was not out there. Eric Stokes still on the PUP list. Matt LaFleur was asked about that. He was basically said he's not ready to return. And that was that. Lou Nichols, Tyler Goodson still out, Devondre Campbell still out, Luke Tenuta, and Bo Melton. So all of those, and you can tell the list is growing a little bit, right? Dog days of training camp, two preseason games in, you start to get a few more injuries piling up, and certainly that's been the case for Green Bay as well. There was some additional good news, though. I talked to you guys about that Tervarius Moore injury. You watched that and it did not look good. And I had some real concern as to whether or not that could be some sort of long-term injury. Just anytime, like it looked like his foot got caught in the grass and then he got rolled up on and it just got caught. And it just, it looked really, really bad. It's funny, Rob Rob Domovsky and I were both going to ask a question at the exact same time. And I yielded to Rob, of course, because he's Rob Domovsky, and, you know, Rob, Asked the exact same question I was going to ask. And that was about the injury to Tarverius Moore and if it was serious or not. And Matt LaFleur, you know, basically said it's a day to day injury, which, based on how that thing looked, is extremely good news. It does not sound like it's going to be something long term. So hopefully Moore is able to get back sooner rather than later, but he was not back at practice either. One other piece of really good news though, Rashawn Gary is back. And we knew he was practicing already, but we finally got to see him in team drills in individual drills in the one-on-ones. He's been doing sort of the individual practice stuff, but not, not the competitive stuff, right? Today we saw him in one-on-ones today. We saw him in seven or in uh, 11 on 11s and team activities. And that is massive. Jair Alexander said it was like getting Superman back. Not going to argue with that sentiment at all. Listen, I've talked to you guys numerous times about the impact that Rashawn Gary makes, not only physically and on like on the field and what he can do to get to the quarterback and and set the edge and those sort of things, but his energy, his intensity, he is a massive, massive piece of not only this defense, but this team as a whole. He he was on an absolute tear to start the year a season ago. That was probably my biggest takeaway. When I went back and rewatched the games, was just how dominant Rashawn Gary was in that first half of the season, and it's just it's it was an immeasurable loss in the second half of the year, and he he like he's looked fantastic even just in the individual stuff. He looks great, and now he's going to be able to make an impact. He had one one on one rep against Zach Tom, won that, had a potential sack against Jordan Love in team drills not only did he play well and not only is he back doing team, but you got to think that this gives him a real legitimate chance to be ready for week one against Chicago. And as I've said before, if he's even remotely ready, you are going to have to cage him to make him not available for week one. You're going to have to have him somehow miss the plane. And even then he would probably run to Chicago overnight and still play 60 snaps the next day if it were up to him. Like, he is he has put in a ton of time, effort, and energy to get back. It's not to say that Green Bay can't protect Rashawn Gary from himself on an awful Soldier Field turf, but man, Rashawn Gary is going to want to be out there. Whether it's week one, week two, he certainly looks to be trending in the right direction, and it was awesome to see him out there doing team drills. Speaking of team drills, here were the starters at the very beginning of team drills. Jordan Love at quarterback, Aaron Jones at running back, Rasheed Walker back at left tackle, Elton Jenkins at left guard, Josh Myers at center, John Runyon Jr. at right guard, Zach Tom at center, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft at tight end, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson at wide receiver. Just really quick on the offensive line, a couple notes here. It certainly feels like they really want Josh Myers to be the starting center and Zach Tom to be the starting right tackle. So just keep an eye on that. We'll see if that changes anytime in the near future. I would say Josh Myers is probably at like 96% of the team snaps with the ones so far this training camp and preseason. So, like, it certainly seems like that's going to be the case. And not only is like Yash Nyman not seeming to be competing with Zach Tom for the starting spot at right tackle anymore. It seems like Rasheed Walker might have legitimately jumped Yash Nyman. And we'll see once this, you know, week continues, but Walker has been ahead of Nyman. I go back to that second preseason game, right? Talked about this a little bit the other day. You are protecting Jordan Love's blind side in a preseason game where maybe your biggest goal of that entire game is just to make sure he gets out of there healthy. If you thought Yash Naiman was going to be your best option to put out there at left tackle, like you don't just put, you know, Rashid Walker out there and be like, yeah, you know, we'll see what he can do. No, not in that situation. Not with Jordan Love. You've got three more quarters of Sean Clifford and Alex Magoo to figure what he can do out at left tackle. So they clearly trust him. I think that goes without saying at this point, And not only has he been ahead of Yash Naiman, he has played much better than Yash Naiman. So that's an interesting one as well. So something certainly to keep an eye on across the offensive line. But if I had to bet right now, again, what's going to be your starting day, day one offensive line, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom would be very, 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 very much my guess going into that Packers-Bears game. Meanwhile, your starting defense, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Rashawn Gary, and Preston Smith along the edges. Yes, it's just great to say Rashawn Gary's name there. Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie at linebacker, Jairon Douglas at corner, Savage and Ford at safety. So it was Rudy Ford's turn. Remember, Tavarius Moore is out. And then it's basically between him and Jonathan Owens. I've talked about, well, first of all, Owens has got a ton of time with the ones over the last couple weeks. So you kind of figured they might rotate it here. I've also not been a huge fan of what I've seen out of Jonathan Owens, at least in the games and practice, he's been fine. But I'd like to see Rudy Ford back and getting that opportunity. I will say this the safety position, this whole 53 man roster is extremely difficult to predict in a variety of different ways. The safety spot I've talked about of like how everything seems up for grabs where you could be a starter or you could be cut and nothing would shock me. If you told me Rudy Ford ended up being released, it's not like the biggest shocking thing in the world, but I would definitely be surprised. He's the number one gunner on special teams. He has a massive role in Basashi's special teams. He legitimately started a season ago. And like, it's hard to imagine a world where like, even in a perfect scenario, Rudy Ford's like a good fourth safety, right? If he's your fourth safety and he's one of your core special teams guys, that is that's the ideal role that you would have him in. So I just don't I don't see a, a path and an avenue at this point to him getting released. Now maybe if at the end of the day you only have to keep four safeties and Savage is a starter and let's just say Tavarius Moore is back and he's a starter and then you don't want to release Anthony Johnson Jr because he has the upside. And then it comes down to special teams and it's up to Passaccia and they say, hey, you can keep either Dallin Levitt or Rudy Ford. Which one do you want to keep? Maybe in that scenario, but I just don't think it's super likely. I think Rudy Ford's going to end up on this team in some capacity. Meanwhile, your second team offensive line, Caleb Jones at left tackle. Sean Ryan at left guard, James Empey at center, Royce Newman at right guard, and Yash Nyman at right tackle. Hello, friends. First of all, I just want to say thank you for listening to and being a supporter of the Packaday podcast. You have all helped make Packaday one of the most downloaded sports podcasts in the world today, and I want to sincerely thank you for that. For those of you who don't know, Packaday is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's our partnership with Blue Wire that allows us to bring you this amazing Packers content 365 days a year. Blue Wire currently has over 300 shows with former athletes, celebrities, media professionals, and passionate fans like us. Over the past few years, they've raised over $10 million to grow and operate business and support podcasts like the Packaday Podcast. Now, BlueWire is raising another round of funding by utilizing WeFunder. This funding will help support BlueWire's sales team and improve operations. This is giving everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing company. This is not a donation. You are literally investing to own a piece of BlueWire. A few years ago, I took the leap and started partnering with Blue Wire, and it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. I'm hoping you'll consider doing the same. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com/bluewire. That's wefunder.com/bluewire. And remember, supporting Blue Wire is another way to support the Packaday Podcast and our Packaday Podcast team. Thank you. Hello friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA finals and I desperately wanted to go to game six in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye, Game Six of the NBA Finals. Now, thankfully, the day of the game, I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code pack a day for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Before we get to team drills and some of the stuff that happened there, they separated the two. And usually when they do that, it's going to be one-on-ones offensive line versus defensive line on one side and wide receivers and running backs and, and those players, again. Or, sorry, wide receivers and tight ends versus safeties and corners in one-on-ones on the other side. We saw the one-on-ones in the pass rush drill, but they didn't do one-on-ones on on the other side. For the first time in just Packers camp, they actually did seven on sevens. We had not seen that at any point. The Patriots did some of that, or I think it was, I think the Bengals did. I think, I know the Bengals did. I don't think the Patriots did. I know the Bengals did, but um, interesting to see Green Bay implement some seven on sevens. But long story short, I watched the seven on sevens. Honestly, it was mostly nondescript. You didn't miss a whole heck of a lot there, but Matt Schneidman of The Athletic caught all of, at least a, a huge chunk of the one-on-ones, if not all of them. Here were his notes. Again, check Matt's work out over at The Athletic. He does phenomenal work. The, it, it easily, easily, easily worth a subscription in and of itself. Rasheed Walker beat Justin Hollins. Elton Jenkins beat Devontae Wyatt. TJ Slayton beat Josh Myers. John Runyon Jr. beat Colby Wooden. Rashawn Gary beat Zach Tom. Caleb Jones beat Kingsley and Igbari. Royce Newman beat Carl Brooks, James Empey beat Jonathan Ford, Sean Ryan over Chris Slayton, Yash Nyman over Lucas Van Ness, Keyshawn Banks over Telfert. Gene DeLance over Carl Brooks, Cole Schneider over Antonio Moultrie, Sean Ryan beat Chris Slayton, and then Caleb Jones beat Brenton Cox Jr. So thanks to Matt Schneidman for that. Those were the one-on-ones. Let's jump to team. I thought this was an incredibly sloppy first half performance by the Packers offense, just some really ugly, brutal stuff. And this should probably be a warning to you, an alarm to you, a harbinger of things to come. If you will, there are going to be these moments for this young offense. There is zero question about it. Yes, there's a ton of talent on offense, but if you think a first time starting quarterback with two or three returning second year wide receivers, with the rest of the wide receivers being rookies, your top two tight ends being rookies, if you think that is going to just go swimmingly throughout the course of the season, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Here were what we saw. It's just some of the notes of what we saw on some of the ugly start. There are a couple errant throws not only, you know, Jordan Love missed a couple of his very first pass, looked like it was going to be intended for Jair Alexander, just ridiculously short of Christian Watson. You had a seven on seven period that was completely dominated by the defense. That was Love, Magoo, and uh, Clifford. You had four false start penalties, four false starts. Kraft had one, Musgrave had one, I can't remember off the top of my head one of them I didn't see. I can't remember who the other one was off the top of my head, but seven false start penalties. Oh, Samari Touré. Samari Touré, Tucker Kraft, uh, Luke Musgrave and then we didn't see who the fourth one was, but four false start penalties including three on three consecutive plays. You had two more snap issues. This is insane at this point that these snap issues continue to happen. You had one play where James Empey and Sean Clifford just botched the exchange under center, which it's just, it's crazy how much this is happening. And I guess, I don't know, maybe the amount of shotgun that all these quarterbacks are playing in college is affecting the under center stuff. I don't know, but it is unbelievable how many issues Green Bay has had. And then you had a play where, yeah, it was Jordan Love in shotgun, Josh Myers at center, Luke Musgrave is coming in motion, and as Musgrave's in motion, Meyer snaps it and just hits Musgrave and it's a fumble. And those are the type of things that we've been seeing. Now, uh, according to a couple of the other beat reporters, they noted that it was Luke Musgrave that was getting talked to after the play, so it seemed like maybe it was Musgrave, I don't know if he got a late start or didn't go fast enough or whatever it was. So it you know, you never know, right? It's, it's an imperfect viewing. We don't get to know exactly what happened on those plays, but based on the response after, at least again, according to a couple of the other beat reporters, it sounds like maybe it was on Musgrave, but I don't care who it was on. I don't care if it was Myers or Love or Musgrave or Empey or Clifford or anyone else. Like they just have to figure out how to make sure, I don't know, to get the snap from the center to the quarterback, because it's sort of important and it's been a massive issue all throughout training camp. All right. After that, um, besides that, you had a drop by Grant DuBose. You had uh, Jadakis Bonds and Deuce Watts lined up in the wrong spot, and they had to get them back lined up in the correct spot. You had pressures by Inigbare and Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt. So it was a disjointed, ugly start to practice for the offense. And then the offense got cooking, and it was just like they could complete anything they wanted. And specifically Jordan Love He had a deep ball off of his back foot to Jaden Reed. Now, some people did have that as a Rashawn Gary sack. I thought he got it off fading away. Either way, Rashawn Gary, great play to get into the backfield and maybe get a sack or at least a pressure, whatever it ended up being. Meanwhile, Jaden Reed smokes Keyshawn Nixon and he is open, open, love fading away off his back foot, chucks it deep in a very windy day and it hangs up there a little bit. But Reed had so much separation. He's able to get under it. Really did a phenomenal, phenomenal job of tracking the ball, getting his head back, like having to sort of switch his positioning a little bit, and then making the over shoulder, over-the-shoulder catch really impressive stuff by Jaden Reed. The separation and then the catch, especially again on a windy day. Then in a so the, the situation here is it's the opposing team's 25-yard line. So the Packers are on the defense's 25-yard line. There's 17 seconds left to go. And the goal or like at minimum, you need a field goal. You can't get stuck with no time left. And you're trying to either get in the end zone or make it an easier field goal, right? So you've got 17 seconds, no timeouts. You're at the 25. You don't just want to like do nothing, right? You want to try to at least advance the ball or maybe get your shot into the end zone. On the very first play, they get the matchup they want, Christian Watson versus Keyshawn Nixon. Right at the, you know, sort of the, not the catch point, but like at the break point, you know, or at the top of the route, whatever you want to call it, Watson goes to make his move, Nixon falls down, Watson separates, obviously, and Love hits him in stride for a touchdown. And I know a couple things. Some people are like, "Well, it's just because Nixon fell down." No, it was like the part of the play was the physicality of Christian Watson, not overly so, not penalty wise, so, but like the physicality at the point of attack from Christian Watson, and it was also Jordan Love making the read sort of pre-snap and knowing where he wanted to go with the ball based on the matchup. So, really nice play from from Love to Watson there. You had a deep crosser from Love to Reed that was perfectly thrown. You had Watson over the middle for a big pickup. You had Toure over the middle for a big pickup. You had a really nice drop, you know, drop sidearm by uh by Jordan Love to, to get it to Romeo Dobbs. It wasn't a huge pickup, but really great vision and really great job knowing what arm angle he needed to get that pass completed. You had a nice crosser to Romeo Dobbs, a little bit high, but Dobbs did a great job of going up and getting that and really continuing in stride somehow as well. That was impressive. You had an 80-yard middle screen from Jordan Love to Aaron Jones. That was just picture perfect teaching tape stuff by the offense. Invite the defensive line in. Everyone over commits. you got the entire offensive line leading out front. Aaron Jones is coming out of middle screen. Love hits him in stride. Everyone is in man coverage on the outside and going with their, like on the corner route and out routes. And you've just got the middle of the field opened up. There's a safety there that Aaron Jones is able to outrun. And the rest was history. V- really, really fun stuff on the middle screen had a couple misses of course from Jordan Love, couple throws he'd like to have back. He had another high miss to Luke Musgrave. I thought Musgrave maybe could have come down with it. Really, de- you know, high degree of difficulty, but one I think he probably could have helped this quarterback out a little bit, but it was definitely high and definitely on Jordan as well. But overall, I thought it was a pretty solid day at least after things got going a little bit and Early in practice, the, some of the disjointedness wasn't on Jordan. He had some completions, but they were just checkdowns. missed missed a couple throws in there as well. But overall, I thought this was a, a really positive day from Jordan Love once again. Meanwhile, Anders Carlson not so much of a positive day. I'll say it once again: was a very windy day out at practice. Not a monsoon, not a hurricane, but there was definitely some gusts of wind hits his first one, 34 yards. And remember two extra points in a 52 yarder at Lambeau in the preseason game. He makes the 34 yarder to start things off. It's like, all right, let's get some momentum going. This is great. Very next kick, 45 yarder wide left. Then a 47 yarder. He crushes, he demolished it. It was awesome. You could hear it off his foot. And then it was right down the middle. Probably would have been good from like 63, just hammered it. Really good stuff. So you're like, all right, well, he missed one. That's not ideal, but it's windy out. Still not like not a terrible start. All right. Then they come back for three more kicks. They're going to go 51, 52, and 53. 51 yarder, wide right. 52 yarder, wide right. 53 yarder, wide left, and ugly. was really missed. Awful off the foot. Just didn't look like it had any chance. And there are a couple of kicks where he kicks him and it's just like he didn't make good contact with it. It's really, really weird. But it continues to be a struggle for Carlson and it does not seem to be getting any better anytime soon. So that is still very much a work in progress. All right, some miscellaneous news and notes. Josiah DeGuara, I've been tough on him. I've been saying I'm not sure he's up 100% locked to make the roster. I thought he had a pretty nice day. He had an awesome blitz pickup in team drills. He had a really nice catch in seven on sevens and in team drills, he had a really nice block downfield as well. So pretty sound day from Josiah DeGuara and a player who quite frankly needed a sound day. I thought the run game looked much improved. Aaron Jones had a couple nice runs, Patrick Taylor, AJ Dillon, those three in particular, but I thought we saw some some real nice running lanes for really one of the very first times in all of training camp. The offense kind of got the better of the defense in the running game. Anthony Johnson Jr., couple different pass breakups, including the last play. Love was going down the sideline. Valentine was there. And so was Anthony Johnson Jr. They both broke it up. There was another play where Anthony Johnson went up to intercept the pass. The other defender got there first and batted it away. But overall, really nice day from from Anthony Johnson Jr. who was also on a a quick throw to to Tucker Craft. He was all over it and right there to make the stop immediately. So nice day from AJJ. Cody Crest muffed a punt. I'm not telling you that because he muffed a punt. It's not a big deal. I'm telling you that because, well, it would be a big deal in a game. But I think that was the very first time that I can remember in OTA minicamp, training camp, rookie minicamp, or any of it, that there was a punt that was not caught cleanly. Like it, it has been impressive the way that those returners have been going about everything. On this particular one, Cody Crest said, it. I think that might've been the first time that's happened in all of the offseason so far for Green Bay. Uh, Alex Magoo to Jadenis Bonds, 90 yard, 80 to 90 yard touchdown pass down the right side. Tough play for Keandre Thomas. Bonds and Magoo missed one in seven on sevens earlier. They didn't miss that one. Beautiful throw, beautiful catch. Magoo had a couple of really nice throws in this practice as well. In the nickel defense, it's noteworthy. Earlier, it had been a little bit of a mix up or a you know exchange between Slayton and, and Devonte Wyatt. They would mix and match the two. It has been all TJ Slayton as of late. And I would say Devontae Wyatt's cooled off a little bit. I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Meanwhile, I mentioned a couple of times, Keyshawn Nixon, at least one in particular, the play to Jaden Reed downfield. I, I've there have been some moments with Nixon that have looked good. He had a really nice preseason game. I, I thought he had really nice coverage. There have been some times where he's gotten beat pretty poor, you know, pretty badly in practice and in training camp. Keep an eye on that slot position and just to see if Nixon can hold it down through the course of the season. I don't know that they have a great alternative, but he's had a couple of rough moments throughout the course of training camp. I still have faith in him. I think he can get the job done, but I don't think it's going to be perfect either. And that's that's a player to keep an eye on this, this upcoming season, especially at the beginning of the year, just to see how he responds to everything. By the way, never bet against Keyshawn Nixon. He's proved everyone wrong every step of the way. So, or maybe do bet against him because he's probably going to prove everyone wrong, right? All right. Players of the day. I thought Jordan Love had a nice day. Carrington Valentine had a couple of nice pass breakups. Enigbari was once again, all over the place. Kenny Clark with a couple of pressures. Jaden Reed had a really nice day. Christian Watson with multiple catches, including a touchdown and Anthony Johnson Jr. who we talked about as well. Last note, practice has moved to 11 o'clock a.m. It was originally noon, then to 11.15, and now to 11. They're trying to move things up because it is going to be hot, probably over 100 degrees in Green Bay on Wednesday for the very last training camp practice of 2023. That's gonna do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.